Swoosh has revolutionized the game. Swoosh is a training system that helps players learn and coaches teach perfect shot mechanics faster and more efficiently than anything else on the market. Get yours at swooshofficial.com. That's S-W-S-H official.com to get yours today and score more. Welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Perano. Today's guest, Brian Bender, joins the show. We talk poop to life. Let's dive right in with Coach B. Welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Perano. Here with my guest today, Coach Brian Banner. Uh, for wh- where do you coach again, Coach? Coach, I'm at Southwest Mississippi Community College. I'm the head basketball coach here. We're at the NJCA JUCO Division One. Nice JUCO. How- so, who influenced you into basketball? That's a great question. Um, I, it kind of sounds weird, but I would say Michael Jordan. I mean, I, I grew up in the Midwest, and I just happened to love basketball. My dad was not a basketball guy. My mom wasn't. My dad was a big baseball guy and soccer guy, and you know I just fell in love with the sport at a young age. And back in the you know early '90s, the only team that ever was on TV all the time was the Bulls, and I think I just became obsessed with it and loved the game of basketball. And I always wanted it to be a part of my life, and I've been very fortunate for it to have been now since you know I was a little kid. Man, that's beautiful. How how many years have you been coaching now? It's a good question. Let me add them up here. So I spent eight years at the University of Minnesota, one at uh, a junior college in Missouri, Missouri State West Plains, three at App State, and I just finished my fourth year here. So that puts me at 16 years, so going on 17 years in college basketball. Wow, man, that is awesome. So obviously going through and being a coach for 17 years, um, obviously you grew up uh, playing some type of either – rec ball, club ball, um, any type of organ- organizational basketball, high school. Did you play college? I did not actually play in college. So I was a uh, – I'm not the tallest guy out there. I'm like 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, five, um, I could always shoot it at a high level, but, you know, never was blessed with the, the height or the frame or the stature, I guess, in essence, you know, the body type too be your stereotypical basketball player so I played you know growing up I was one of the better players growing up but as every kid grew you know it didn't really benefit me so you know I played on varsity for two years in high school but ended up watching a game when I was a senior in high school and it was University of Wisconsin there was a guy um, named Tanner Bronson who's now an assistant coach at UT Chattanooga and Tanner was a manager turned walk-on I was like, well, who is that guy? Like, what is it? You know, he looks like me. I mean, what? who is this guy? And so I, I investigated what a student manager was and knew that's what I wanted to do when I found out about it. And so my freshman year as a student manager with uh, University of Minnesota, I worked for Dan Munson, who was, you know, kind of got that Gonzaga era started, and he's now the head coach at Long Beach State. And then my junior year, Tubby Smith came in. So I was a manager for University of Minnesota for three, four years, and I was a grad assistant and then, you know, became the video guy full-time on Tubby's staff. So, you know, I didn't play. However, I learned a lot of the game through osmosis and just being around it and knew I was a basketball junkie and wanted to be a part of a team. And um, there's a lot of opportunities out there for people that 
may not be as good at playing but want to coach. So that's that's kind of a great avenue for uh, guys like myself. Right, right, right. Okay, I love that. I love the passion. The one thing that I, I, I do like also, though, it doesn't matter that you played college. Um, what I do like is that you actually played high school, though. So there's key moments in games, like crunch time moments, where you probably have been in and been in those situations. Whether you were in the game or you weren't in the game, you were part of the game. Um, with the team that you can kind of talk your guys quickly through. Am I right? Definitely. I mean, just being around the game for so much, you learn so many about so many things about the scenarios, how it feels, you know, mentally, I'm still what I would call, you know, a, a fairly fit guy who, you know, knows how to push my brain and my body to exhaustion and, you know, how to work under those circumstances of adversity, mentally, physically, emotionally, and I think that there's some relatability there, too. Um, you know, I played, you know, in many, many games growing up. You know, there's lots of ways that people learn basketball. You know, I would say I was a, uh, a rec, rec all-star in men's leagues and different things just because I enjoyed it. And by the time they figured out I could shoot, I already had three threes made. So, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you just kind of learn in different ways and being able to relate. And the other part, too, is I've always had a very good staff and I always had at least one current or former player on my staff that, you know, played at a higher level that could maybe say things or do things that maybe I technically can't. Um, but been in a lot of different scenarios, coached a lot of really good players and just been around it. I think just by being around it, you learn a lot. And, you know, I'd have accelerated growth in order to know what I'm talking about. And I think that that helped me. Uh, navigate through this college basketball profession man that's awesome do you do you see nowadays with coaches um I'm, you know I, I got all these other questions for you but I, but I, this is very interesting to me do you see um these new these new coaches now that are coming up um that are younger obviously because i know a lot of coaches that they they've never played they didn't even play high school they just never played um they're coaching now but yet they don't really know the feel and the grind of, of being a player or being part of that team, even though they're super smart at it because they have a passion for it and they've learned, um, or it's not what you know, it's really who you know. Um, do you notice that kind of stuff as well coming up through the ranks where it's they're almost chasing the paycheck versus more of the, the love of the game? Everyone has different reasons uh, for why they do what they do. You know, my my reasons for coaching are pretty simple. I love the game of basketball and I love helping and connecting human beings and utilizing the sport that we all love to, you know, maximize potential as human beings in our, in our lives. And for me, that's my passion. That's my why. And getting to know you as well, you share that similar, you know, mindset of what your values are and my values within our program um, our core values, I think, are very smart in establishing who you are, what your program's about, what you stand for. And it's very clear in our program what those are. And it's passion, humility, and discipline. And oh, I, I think the passion part is where, you know, no matter who you are, if you love what you do, it doesn't always feel like work. Of course, there's always a lot of, you know, extra things that you don't want to do that are part of a job. But the positives outweigh any type of con or negative that would come with it and so you know for me there may be different reasons why other people coach or don't coach I know why I coach and our players know why I coach and my staff knows why I coach and the people around me know 
and that's all that really matters to me. How other people do it um, is totally up to them. I think I'm genuine and authentic in how I approach what I do and why I do it. And it's it's benefited me in terms of recruiting. It's benefited me in terms of helping guys better their lives. And I think that's more impactful than any championship, any win, any um, anything that you may gain from basketball that would give you a status or give you popularity or likes or whatever it is in our society that we overemphasize. To me, it's being present with people. Absolutely. Being where your feet are, being around people that you want to be around, and that's the for, you know fortunate thing for me to be a head coach is, you know, people that are a part of my program for the most part I pick them. So if they don't fit or who aren't who I am, that's my fault. Right, right. No, I love that. How do you get players to buy in to their role? You know, that's a great question. I think it comes back to asking the correct questions to to kids. Um, they all have are being told one thing by their friends, their family, other coaches themselves compared to what reality really is. And one thing as a leader, you have to help human beings gain self-awareness and be grounded to where they are and what's going around, going on around them. And so, you know, with roles, defining roles is a touchy subject, especially at the level I'm at, because they're trying to use junior college as a stepping stone to get to where they want to be. Right. Their, their end destination is not JUCO. And that probably goes to say for my managers, my players, my staff, you know, we, we all have bigger and, and different dreams and goals and ambitions. But right now we can't look, you can plan ahead and you can look at dreams and set goals and deadlines, but winning your day, treating every day like it's a game day, getting better, mastering a craft, continuing to invest. Um, you know, there's a there's a saying called chopping wood. You don't chop wood for tomorrow. You chop wood for a year from now so it dries out and is ready to burn. And that's the approach that we take in our program is, hey, you got to get a little bit better every day. How do you do that? Well, you have to be passionate about what you do. You have to make it not about yourself because there's a lot of people out there in this world that aren't humble and are about themselves. And then having discipline, having the right habits, having the daily understanding of what it is, why I'm here, what am I trying to accomplish? And when they understand that bigger picture, it helps them define their role. Within a team, everyone has a unique role. And majority, just like any college team, like majority of my players were the best player on their team. And so when they get here, their role may change. It may be to score, maybe to rebound, it may be to be my lockdown defender, maybe a leadership role within my organization. And whatever that is, you know, I may have an idea of what that is, but I try not to define roles too early and kind of let things kind of fizzle themselves out and see where people fit and see who kind of takes it into their own hands. But, you know, it's conversations that are had. You have to be clear and concise with your rules or your roles. And, you know, motivating those people to fit in has to go back to what their reasons are. Why are you here? You know, how are we going to get you out? How are we going to do well academically to, to get you to where you want to be? And then how can you help us win? Um, and how can we make you better? So, you know, all of those things kind of come into play with defining a role and motivating them to want to do that role for the team as well as themselves. Right. Okay. Yeah, I love that. What is the hardest thing about being a college player? I mean, I know, you know, 
I, I tell my son now, and he's only in the eighth grade, and I say, look, man, right now you have a job right now. It's summer. You don't have school. So your job right now is basketball. And in basketball, you have to train. You got skills training. You got your, your responsibilities in shooting. You got your, your lifting and your conditioning, your stretching. Um, and then you have your responsibilities off, off the court. Like, how hard is it being a college player? Well, you know, with the the job, more or less, you know, most of the kids on my team, every single one of them actually is on a full ride in some capacity. How you stack it depends on, you know, Pell Grant, federal aids and different grants and scholarship money and, you know, academics, all these things kind of piece together. But, you know, none of my kids pay to come to school here. So we are, you know, it is their job. It is why they're here in terms of, you know, what what are you worth to me? You know, are you worth a $20,000 scholarship? Are you worth, you know, one of my kids assigned at a private D2. You know, are you worth $50,000 a year? And, you know, where you put that pressure on a kid or what they're worth, you know, comes down to a lot of the times with production. To be productive in a program to help a team win, there's a lot of roles like we just talked about that go into that. So how hard is it? Um, I think it depends on the person and what they're trying to get out of it as well as who you're playing for or what you're playing for of moving that carrot. What's your motivation? Well, a lot of the kids motivation here is to go and be a division one player or sign a four year scholarship in the next year or so. Well, with that comes work. If you want to do anything, you have to be, you have to work towards it. You have to have everything aligned with the rules or regulations that, go to what's happening next so for my students it's student athletes it's they have to have a certain grade point average and they have to typically obtain an AA degree a two-year degree well they have to have a two five they have to have 48 hours they have to have you know a certain amount of transferable slash percentage towards degree well your classes matter what classes are you taking how hard do you work in those and you know everything you do you can learn from and so you're preparing yourself for that future you're preparing yourself for the next step and the amount of work that you put into something is usually what you get out of it some it comes more naturally to others have to work a little bit harder but the ones that work do the things that are required plus more um, that are willing to go above and beyond in terms of their daily disciplines okay what are you eating what are you how hard are you lifting you know it's there's constantly many things that they can improve upon but academics, basketball, character are the three things that we kind of focus on, you know, the ABCs. So academics, basketball, character are what's going to help them the most um, leaving here. And those are the hardest things and what we spend our time on um, to help you get to where you're trying to get to. Right. Okay. Okay. Now, you know, since you're um, on the JC side, um, do you think basketball training – from a younger age now is more of a necessity? I do generally believe that we are lacking. And if you've watched some of the Olympics, um, there's other countries that are quote unquote more skilled. There's other countries that, you know, can handle better, can pass better, can shoot better, understand basketball better. In America, we rely on a lot of things like your athleticism, your overall physique, your ability to, you know, be physical, be above the rim, you know, different things. That's the signature of an American basketball player. Yep. But you see the shift in the NBA draft and in the Olympics of, 
you know, skilled players and some of the better players are European and we're brought up in a fundamental, you know, development stage. Yeah. And in America, we want to play games, 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 games. We want to compete. We want to win. We want to win trophies. And, you know, we in our program, we try not to be attached to outcomes. You know, we can't be attached. You know, your, your, how you feel can't be dictated on, oh, we won. You know, well, you could have, it could be a one point game. The difference between winning and losing is fine. Just because you scored one more point than the other team, does that mean that you acted the right way, that you did the right things? All those stuff. So try not to be attached in outcomes. But our society emphasizes those things. And so the uncommon approach to how I believe, you know, may not be right. Um, but I think that the development at a young age is so important, whether that's you're diversifying in different sports, understanding things, being around the right people, working on your skills. The best part about basketball is there's no such thing as too good of a shooter or too good of a ball handler. And it's an individualized sport in a team setting where you could become very good at certain things. And there's no excuse not to. Um, you know, there's so many gizmos, gadgets, access to a gym, people. I mean, you, you need some resources. But at the end of the day, like, there's nothing stopping you from being the best at one of those things. And I think, you know, other countries and other things are catching up to us. And it starts at the youth level. Absolutely. Absolutely. So on that note, um, what are your three foundations that you would like a kid to work on on offense before getting into high school? It's a good question. I think I think it starts with your ability to dribble the ball. You find at the youngest ages, the kids that can dribble or move uh, usually are the better players, just because they can, you know, do things with their bodies. Right. Um, I think ability to shoot, um, especially at a young age, using the right size basketball and the weight that goes along with it, I think is very important. But you know, not just standing behind a three point line and jacking shots, but developing um, those skills with shooting of proper technique shooting within your range repping it out as you get stronger and hit puberty like your ability to make shots from further is going to increase and then i would say just overall footwork from an offensive perspective of you know just hey how do you square up how do you you know square up on your inside foot if you're a post player how do you pivot on the correct foot how do you create moves you know and there's so many creative ways of finishing now you know with euro steps jump stops stride stops um, those types of things, pivoting, uh, fakes, all that stuff, I think we kind of neglect, but I think it's very important with footwork. And even at my level, a lot of guys have really bad footwork. And we work on different things and reads on the daily basis with our team and with our players that I'm doing every day here that could easily be done at younger levels um, where you know that footwork, being able to finish in the paint, shooting the ball, you know, being able to dribble the ball, are all things that I think will translate. Right, okay. Like, for me, like, to hear about, like, the footwork thing, like, isn't that got to be more of a self-discipline thing where you don't really need a trainer? Like, you can just go buy a ladder and work on it day in and day out, five or ten minutes a day, and get better footwork. Am I right? Definitely. I mean, using using those resources, strength training, all that stuff is important and has, you know, is going to make you a better athlete. You know, but understanding like, hey, how to read a defender when I jab, what do they do? If they go with you, hey, you know, you maybe you counter. If they are a little slow, you just go. If they go straight back, you know, can you make that jump shot? Little things like that with the ball, off the ball. Um, you know, all that footwork is stuff that could be taught at a young age. And, you know, it's, it's good to play one-on-one. It's good to play those games that you do, you know, the 21, the knockout. It, all that stuff is fun and basketball is supposed to be fun. Um, but those are things that 
you know, take time and they need to be done in order for us to maximize our potential as my school players. Absolutely. How, how important is it for your players that are coming into uh, uh, junior college or even into the high school level important to watch film? Not necessarily, I mean, yes, you want to watch maybe a whole college game. That would be great. I try to get my son to do that. Um, sometimes his attention span isn't all there. If it's a team that he truly doesn't love watching, like, you know, we're in San Diego. So, you know, obviously SDSU, like if they're on, he wants to watch the whole game. But if it's like, uh, I don't know, Cal Berkeley or Stanford or whoever, um, how important is that? Or at least watching film breakdown where you're watching clips of like pick and pop, pick and roll, um, and ice, you know, for three or four minutes. How important is that a daily? Yeah, I think just like anything, I think everything's good or bad in moderation. Um, you know, you could be so consumed and only watch film. You could be consumed and only watch the NBA. Well, you know, most of the people that are watching the NBA are never going to be NBA players. You know, watching good high school games, college games, certain people. Um, in the NBA, I like to watch, you know, certain sets. I love to watch certain players and how they work to get open or how they finish their moves and their footwork or what they do. Um, in college, I like to watch, you know, the other three guys not in the action, you know, because, you know, it helps me as a coach. So understanding how to read the second level, third level, um, different things. That's how I've, you know, when I first started, I watched the ball and the two, four guys involved in the ball action. Well, then it became, hey, I'm watching the ball side. Now it's become, I watch the weak side. Yeah, I always watch the weak side, too. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, no, like there, there's a lot of things that go on with your development of basketball and your understanding as you get older. And I think just being around it is something good. Um, you know, any, anything and everything, you can learn from anything. Anything that you're doing, it's all about your pr- approach and your perception of what's going on and your ability to be coachable and teachable in all scenarios. So... You know, that that can go anywhere. You can learn from old guys at a rec center. You can learn from, you know, watching a high school practice. You can learn from so many different things. There's so many tools out there. It's 2021. YouTube's everywhere. You know, these kids can watch anything on YouTube. And that's how they were raised. And so, you know, utilizing that technology, there's apps. There's there's everything there. Um, You know, everything is great, but what you know still needs to turn into production. So you have to practice what you see. It's not just, oh, I watched it, now I know it. Well, it's like anything. I read a book. That doesn't mean I know everything in the book. I have to practice implementing the things in the book. Same thing with film. I could watch and watch and watch. Oh, I want to be Kobe Bryant. I was watching all these clips of Kobe Bryant, blah, 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 blah. Okay, then you go out there, you have to practice those things. And it doesn't mean to show up in a game and try them. I mean, that's where we set ourselves up for failure in our country. You got to work at things. And we want immediate results. And so, you know, investing time, energy, focus, um, you know, all those stuff, you know, there's that you can't cheat it. And that's the best part about basketball is you can't cheat this game. You got to work. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, the one thing that we've been doing with my program, at least on the older side with our older kids is there's uh, two to three days that they, we get them together and we pretty much just play some blacktop basketball. Coaches are out there. Kids are out there. They invite other kids and friends and, and we try to get that out there because I feel that blacktop basketball um, is a lost dinosaur. Everybody's too consumed with skill training and getting with their trainer that they, they just don't go out and play anymore and especially play against the older guys in the gym like you just mentioned. 
you know, I think it's all, it's all again, you know, everything's good in moderation. Like you need to play a little bit. You need to play by yourself. You need to play against older people. You need to be in practice setting. There's different levels of basketball in terms of like how you approach the game too. There's your workout self. There's your actual in-team practice self. There's your open gym self. And then there's the game self. Like with games, people in the stands watching, they're all a little bit different. Then there's like, Hey, you playing with your buddies, like joking around. So, you know, there's so many different ways of gauging what that basketball looks like, but I think all of it has a benefit. I think, you know, it still has to be fun, but when you're coming there to work, you go there and work. When you're coming to practice, you're trying to get better as a team and help lead when you're work, when you're playing against older guys, Hey, you're trying things, you're learning your, um, you know, just asking questions, you know, learning how to finish through physical contact against bigger humans. You know, all that stuff I think is very valuable and very important. And again, done in moderation, not done every day, but you know, a couple times a week, like you're saying, sometimes it's skill work, sometimes it's playing, sometimes it's, you know, Hey, just spend some time in the gym and refresh your brain. All that stuff's important and impactful. Right, right. Okay. Okay. So if you were going to give advice to a player going maybe either in the high school or maybe into his junior year, what would that advice be? Don't worry about your recruitment. Um, if you want to be a good player, you have to A, fit into your role. B, you have to continue to get better. And you need to work towards what you want to work for. And so, you know, you set your goals. It has to be a college player. If that's to earn a scholarship, if that's to be a starter on my varsity team, it has to make my team. You know, there's so many levels of different things, and we focus on the elite 1%. That's what our country does. Well, if you right. didn't make that 1%, you're a failure, and then they get to this level and they don't make it. Are you a failure then? Like, our definition of success should be, hey, are you the best version of yourself every day? Yes. Hey, yes. Yes or no. Yes or no. I mean, it, and that's what it comes down to, and it's not just about basketball. It's not just about academics. It's, it's about your wholesome life and how can you make an impact, and are you doing what you're passionate about? And that's I genuinely believe that wholeheartedly. Maybe it's a little naive because, you know, maybe I don't make as much money as I'm capable of doing or not the level or status that I think I could be at. Or, you know, again, it's all perception. But you control your own happiness every day. And for me to tell a kid, hey, what should you be focusing on? Just keep getting better. That's very bland. But there's ways of measuring that. There are ways of, you know, tracking your progress but you can't, again, get attached to those outcomes because if you just set your goal at something and you don't reach it, you're not a failure. Right. I, I love that, Coach. That's that's awesome. And the, the fact that you told me and my listeners, you know, don't worry about your recruitment, that is great because don't you feel that these players, and, and it's really bad, you know, like social media does it, like, you know, overtime and and Bleacher Report and all these things that they're always picking the highlight. So kids are so worried about the highlight where it's like, you guys got to understand two is two, three is three, one is one. Don't worry about the major highlight. Am I right? You're right. Again, it comes down to what are we emphasizing in our society? We emphasize popularity and likes. We're paying student athletes because they have a high following on a social media. Well, in order to gain that following, you need something that's unique or different. They're not going to follow some, you know, guy that's, you know, Mr. Fundamental. Uh, that's not what people want to attract to because anybody can do that. 
they want the elite. They want that that other spot, and they're chasing that. And that's what kids think that they need to be. Well, guess what? I'm an average person. Well, okay, how can I become above average? Well, it's focusing on what I can control, my attitude, my effort, my focus, my communication, my ability to lead, my ability to be uncommon, my ability to impact other people in different ways. How can I impact the team? There is a kid that I recruited on my team this year. Now, he's better than I thought he was, but I literally had a conversation with him for about an hour. He was hurt, and I went and watched his practice, and he was cheering on the seventh graders running sprints. I was like, I want this dude on my team. After I texted him, he thanked me for coming. Okay, that doesn't happen everywhere. They're, they sh- they're like, oh, they should be thanking me for being able to watch me. No, right, no, right, no, right. no, no. There's a role for everybody. I can't recruit 15 starters because then I'll just have fighting and issues on my team. I want good people. I want guys that can lead. Yeah, you should have a skill set of some sort, you know, and you got to piece together a roster. If you're not talented, you're still not going to win. But it's a lot more enjoyable if you're around people that have, you know, are enjoyable to be around. So be that guy that's the best teammate. Be that guy that works the hardest. Be that guy that helps other people when they're down and picks them up. Be that guy that controls what you can control. Hey, how hard do I play? Got to be the hardest player. Got to work the hardest. Shoot. There's a place for all those guys. And, you know, that has nothing to do with talent. You know, I can't make me bigger or stronger or fat. You know, you can get a little bit better at those things. But at the end of the day, you are what you are. And so utilizing that to the best of your ability is what I would tell anybody. I get thousands of DMs. Coach, check out my film. Great, man. You know what? I have, I probably had 15 of them yesterday. I responded to one, and the kid, I actually talked to him on the phone today. I'll never recruit him. But he was an international student in England, and his approach to his writing was so unique that I just wanted to talk to him. And then I asked him, hey, here are my core values, passion, humility, discipline. How do you implement those in your daily life? And the dude gave me like a two-paragraph essay. I called this kid right away. I won't recruit him. I'm going to help him, though. Because he's different, he's unique, he's he's in it for the right, you know, I'm not trying to save people, but he's a guy I'd rather help than, hey, check out my film, coach, and you got spelling errors and different, like, come on, man. Like, if you're not above 6'6", six, six, you know, I probably won't even open your film anyway. So, you know, you got to make sure that you're different. How, you, how do you stand out? What is it that you do? That's what I would tell these people. Oh, man, I love it. Coach, I'm throwing assists, man. I love that. How do you get kids to buy in to, to communicate? Because nowadays, a lot of kids, especially younger kids, high school, junior high, they're all about just texting. And it's like, I tell all my players all the time, I'm 5'11", okay? I can shoot the ball, and I was able to pass the ball very well. wasn't a great ball handler. I was a good ball handler. But I could shoot and I could pass. But I was like, my main reason why I was on the court and my coaches used to tell me was because Andre doesn't shut up. I literally will tell you a novel on defense and on offense. If I said the wrong thing on offense, it didn't matter. I was just talking. Yep. People are shy. Um, they talk about the wrong things. They, they talk about, oh, you, you know, you got lucky on that shot or, you know, you can't guard me or talk clapping or, you know, the rah-rah stuff. And to me, like, that's still part of the game. Like, that's not going to go away. Texting yeah. is not going away. How we communicate has evolved 
and that's okay. But modeling the way, like you're talking, you know, you are an active player with your voice, you know, a closed mouth is never going to get fed in our society. You still got to be able to communicate and talk. If you want to eat, you got to open your mouth. So for me, like modeling the way and understanding what that looks like. So we have a terminology called championship talk. It's kind of a version of positive talk. But if you don't talk or activate me with your voice in practice or echo what we say in a drill or communicate non-verbally, all of those things have a dramatic effect on human beings. High-fiving, touching, patting each other on the back, activating me with my voice. Okay, what can you say? You know, make them creative. Make them innovative. Hey, I'm open over here. Hey, I'm in the corner. Hey, corner three. Hey, say their name. Say ball. There's so many things in different ways to getting the same thing across in one-word syllables. And, you know, that you take that and then you take, you know, instead of calling guys out, you call them up with your voice. And so we talk about, you know, next play mentality. We have a goldfish mindset. We had a goldfish last year. I don't know if you ever watched the show uh, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is the best show on TV right now. Okay. It's on Apple TV. It's a coaching show. It's unique. But he's so different that it's like, fun to watch him interact he's a pro soccer coach but he doesn't know anything about soccer so it's like a comedy but it's also culturally fitting well he said the smartest or dumbest animal on the planet is a goldfish because they have a three second memory (laughs) well okay so we can t-shirts you know we talk about those things and you know trying to get to the next play trying to communicate the right way how you approach officials how you approach other coaches how you approach other players how you approach each other all that stuff matters And so communication is so pivotal for any organization, for any team, for any culture, for the rest of your life. You know, how you do things, how you present yourself, all that stuff is important. It's another thing we can use basketball to teach it. And that's why I love what I do. And that's, you know, but I have to do it too. If I act crazy to an official, what do you think my players are going to think? Oh, we can act crazy to an official. If I berate a player, well, that's talking down to somebody in in a way that isn't productive. What's the most productive way to approach somebody? How do I approach issues? How do I approach, you know, uh, discipline? How do I approach? All those things matter, and I'm teaching them every single day, whether they know it or not, how to communicate effectively, and they'll better their, you know, ability to be a son, a father, a husband, you know, boyfriend, whatever that is. That's how I make an impact with communication. Oh, man, Coach, I love that. I love that. What was the best piece of advice you got from a coach? It's a great question. Um, I wouldn't say I'm stumped. I'm trying to think of the best way to approach it. So I've met with a lot of leadership coaches. And the number one thing that I think I got from a perspective of all of that is just be present. Especially in today's society, we are on our phones. We're doing things. We're not 100% where our feet are we're thinking about the next opportunity the next job the next uh thing that's happening in our life our busy work if you are just completely present where you are i stopped wearing my apple watch because it would ding and i'd look at it i how i communicate like i have limits on my social media i try and be more present when i'm home when i'm with my players whoever you're with that needs to be the most important thing 
And we're so distracted as human beings and as coaches. I think that is what makes a difference. So if you're working out, be there at the workout. Don't worry about what you're wearing. Don't worry about the music that's playing. Don't worry about, you know, a text you just got or you got to be. Okay, for the next 30 minutes, I'm here. Be present. For the next 25 minutes, I'm going to be working on this study guide for my English test. Doing that. We, we emphasize being um, multitaskers. And there's a time for multitasking, but it's in your rec- you know, rest and relaxation state. It's not in your productive state. Right. So you know, what gear are you in? What are you getting done? How are you getting the most done? And I think that goes along with anything, not just coaches to coaches or coaches to players. You know, being present, being where your feet are, giving max effort in that stance, having the right attitude in that moment, you know, those things are, you know, irreplaceable. Oh, man, I love that. I I really do. I like that. Now, alongside basketball, which sport has the best athletes? Um, gotta pick one. A lot of people say baseball because of hand-eye coordination. Um, you know, I've thoroughly enjoyed. You know, I played soccer growing up. It's one of the best. You know, movement sports is one of those sports you could play as a young child, which I think is good. You know, team sports, space footwork. You know, all those types of things. Um, you know, but I think they all have their unique ways of being a important sport. But at the end of the day, like someone that does like an Ironman or a triathlete to me is probably number one because you're doing so many things that require different muscle groups and and your oxygen level and mentally you know i ran a marathon once because someone bet i couldn't do it like it was more so a chance for me to mentally do something that was more stimulating than anything else right and you know i think those athletes as triathletes or iron man or those guys that do the 100 mile races they're freaking nuts they're bananas like i can't I mean you can't do that even though we probably mentally if they if you really shut it down and like train for something, you could do anything with it if you, as long as you have your health. But you know, I would say those triathletes are probably the best athletes in the world or planet. Okay, okay, cool. I like that. I like that answer. I never got that one yet. So, I like- hey, coach, thank you for being on my show, man. You dropped knowledge, dimes, wisdom. I absolutely loved it. I'd love to have you back on. Um, if any of my listeners ever wanted to reach out to you, where can they find you? Great question. So I, I, I like Twitter. It's probably my favorite social media platform. You know, it's at Brian Bender, Brian with a Y. Um, my cell phone is 417-255-5829. Anyone that's listening to this podcast and actually made it to the end probably deserves an award anyway. So, you know, <laughs> if you want to reach out or want any information or learn more about what we do from a skill development standpoint, from a culture standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, I've done quite a few, you know, different things that Uh, I've been able to share knowledge and I have a lot of materials that can easily be mailed out, texted out. Um, I have a culture stream. The culture stream is a iPhone, you know, link that I have been building for the last two years. And in the stream, I have uh, posted different quotes I like, videos I see, motivational things, unique basketball things. Uh, But it's life and culture and basketball specific. And, you know, it's probably got a thousand uh, pictures in there maybe you know a couple hundred videos and they're they're free like i probably have a product i could sell but you know for me it's knowledge from other people that i like and that i would love to share with people 
And, you know, there's some really powerful things in there that would make an impact in your life. And that's who I am. So, you know, anybody that wants that knowledge, that wants to be the fastest learner in a room, feel free to reach out. I'm here for you. I got your back. Um, and that's who I am. And, you, you know, same thing with you, Andre. Like, you do a great job with the podcast. And I'm sure anybody would benefit from not only listening, but, you know, materials or being able to connect with the people that are your guests because you picked them for a reason. Oh, man. Thank you so much. Thank you for those kind words. I want the link to that because I'm always willing to learn and and not only be a better coach, but just to be a better person in society. You know, I, I truly believe, um, you know, you definitely want to treat people the way you want to be treated. And so you got to love your neighbor, even if it's an enemy. Um, I, I try to walk through those uh, footsteps every day. Of course, you trip and stumble at times, but you definitely got to... Uh, go down that beaten path especially as a coach definitely well thanks for having me on i'm going to challenge you one thing before you say you just said something that i think we grew up learning and i think it's shifted so you said you know treat people how you want to be treated yes treat people how they think they should be treated oh i like that flip it flip the mindset it's a challenge you know it's one thing of like hey we think about ourselves first and and you know want to treat people how i want to be treated but some people don't want to be treated like yourself they want to be treated in a different way. So understanding those other people will change your mindset and how you approach things. Heck yeah, coach. I love that other assist. Thank you so much. There you go. Well, thank you for your time and uh, enjoy the podcast. Give it five stars.